Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 338 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Jane. Jane lives in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where she is an IT commodity manager. Welcome, Jane. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me today. Well, this is my favorite thing to do. Let's <laughs> talk to people about fasting. So. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm so glad. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So I debated if I wanted to go with the short story and then followed by the long, but I think I'll start with the long story. So we'll just go right into it. So I've I've always been a person that's, I've never been skinny but I've never been overweight. Like I always had that a little bit of chub, you know, once I hit like fifth grade, you know, 10 years old. And so all through, you know, middle school, high school, I was always just cognizant of my weight and 
struggled with it. I don't know that I was ever necessarily overweight, but I was not underweight or, or at a low weight. So when I went to college, like many of us, we, of course, you know, you're, you're free and I had all the desserts and the cafeteria and I just slowly started gaining. And I will say during my college years, I don't know that I necessarily took a whole lot of, I didn't take note of what my weight was. So I don't really know what I did during those periods, but you know, I can look back at pictures of when I was in college and you can just see the increase of my weight over time. And so when I really started thinking about my weight and kind of it being in my mind a lot was when I graduated from college, I started at a job in Lancaster and that's when I met my, well, not met, I reconnected with my now husband. We had worked together in high school and we started dating. We reconnected on Facebook and so it was back in 2011 and, you know, when you're in a new relationship, you, you got to eat a lot, and we lived separately. I lived in Lancaster at the time, and he lived up in this area in Harrisburg. And I just, you know, was still slowly gaining weight, and it was bothering me. So in January of 2012, around there, I decided to join Weight Watchers. So when I joined Weight Watchers, for reference, I'm five foot one. And I was 170 pounds at the time. And is that the first time that you remember dieting or doing something to lose the weight? Yes. That's so interesting. That's a long time to go without ever having a diet. I would say that I probably tried to exercise. Like during my college years, exercise has always been really important to my family. My dad was a bodybuilder when I was a kid. And my mom always worked out, you know, it was always important for her and not from a, I'm doing this to lose weight, a doing it to be strong area. So I remember being in college and going, like we had the, the smack where, you know, the college gym was and we would go there and I'd work out and I tried to run, but you know, I tried to do that, but I don't, I don't remember ever really dieting per se. Okay. That's so interesting. And it's funny that you mentioned that you didn't know what your weight was all throughout college. And that made me think about that. I can remember um, one time sitting, I mean, I know when I left high school, I was about 125, I think, because that was what was on my driver's license. Although I might have just made that up. That's possible. I don't know. But I remember being in college freshman year, sitting in, the, we had this like lounge where everybody would walk through. And two of the girls that were, were my friends freshman year, they were going to Living Well Fitness Center. I remember they were going to work out. And it was the first time I'd, because I grew up a dancer, but I'd never seen anyone like go work out like that before. And and I'm like, why? They're like, well, we have to lose weight. They're like, we weigh 135. And I can't remember them saying that number. I'm like, oh, is 135 bad? I, I don't know. I, growing up with my mom, you know, always being on diets, I still really like wasn't connected with weight. So it's funny that you said you, you weren't really all worried about your your number, your scale number at the time either. Yeah, the only time I ever remember knowing in high school what my weight was when I, was when I was in probably my junior year of high school. I was around 120 at the time. And I remember I had lost a lot of weight. And actually, ironically, I know it's not, you know, you're not supposed to as a child, but I wasn't eating breakfast. I was in high school. I was driving. I just didn't eat Sometimes I'd eat lunch, sometimes I wasn't. I worked in a restaurant at the time, so sometimes I'd go right to work. And I remember thinking about my weight, but not necessarily being like, oh, I need to go on a diet. I remember my mom did Weight Watchers a lot. 
on and off when I was little. So I think that's kind of why when I did do Weight Watchers, like she always had success with it, that that was the first thing that came to my mind when I was like, okay, this is too much. I need to do something about this. Yep. And going back to what you said about high school and and not wanting to eat breakfast, that's actually okay. I'm a big fan now that looking back, we don't want to tell kids, you must do intermittent fasting, but I'm a big fan of letting kids direct their own eating, right? So if you didn't feel like you needed breakfast, if you felt better without it, I think that's, that's something to keep in mind. You know, I would not go back and force my kids to eat ever if they didn't want to. Yeah, that's something that's really important to me for my kids now. I mean, we'll get there with my pregnancies and all of that, but I have two little boys and I don't, I do my best not to force them to eat because I want them to listen to their bodies. Exactly. So I know people are like, well, what's the difference fasting versus not eating breakfast? It's all just about fasting is more like an intentional I am fasting, whereas they don't eat breakfast because they're hungry. It's because they're not hungry. One day they might be hungry and they'll eat it. So that's, I think that's the, the distinction right there. So, yeah. So you just didn't naturally want breakfast. Yes. Yeah. And even, even like into my 20s and my 30s, I've just never been a big breakfast eater. So when we get to the fasting part, that part was not hard for me. <laughs> awesome. All right. So 2012 Weight Watchers. Yes. So I joined Weight Watchers, and like I mentioned, I also have always wanted to incorporate exercise into my life. So that's when I really started running a lot also. I was like, I'm going to run. And at the time, I was about 170 pounds, and I came down to about 135. And I did my first half marathon at the time in September of 2012. And I lost all of that weight with Weight Watchers in a pretty short amount of time. I mean, I was losing one to two pounds a week, but I was also exercising a lot. And so I kind of got into this mode. And when I've tested my genetics, I test well for losing weight with exercise. So it it makes sense when I think back about it. I was like, oh, look, and I could eat. I was running 10 miles, eight miles, and I could eat a lot. So I was like, all I have to do if I want to, and that's my problem. I love food. So I love Oh, I get you. I get you. I love food too. And that's why it's so funny. One of the, you know, people don't understand fasting. They're like, oh, I could never do that because I love to eat. I'm like, that's why I do it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I tell that to people all the time when they, when they bring it up. I'm like, but I, I love food and I get to eat all the food I want now. So so you did great with Weight Watchers and the, the running. You lost the weight. You, how did you feel at 135? Did you feel like that was where you wanted to be? Yes, it was a good weight for me. And where I think I got hung up in my mind is they, so for my BMI, 132 is where I'm supposed to be. But I have a lot of muscle. I have very muscular legs. And I just don't put a lot of stock in BMI now that I know what it is. But at the time, I was like, no, I have to keep going. And if I just, you know, cut my points, if I just run a little more, I'll be able to lose that weight. And it, what happened was when I ran that half marathon, I pushed myself too hard and I hurt my foot and I couldn't run anymore. And the weight just slowly crept back on. And listen, that is just so sad because you were, I mean, literally three pounds, right? Three pounds. That just shows how crazy we get with the scale because I remember there was someone in the community, this is maybe like last year at some point, but she like really needed in her mind to lose, I can't remember, five to 10 more pounds, wanted to see that number. And she was like, how, how can I do it? And like, tell me how your life is going to be better if the scale has a five pound lower number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, oh, well, hmm. <laughs> you know, three pounds. You were just had to see those three pounds. Yes. Yeah. I get it though. That I, I totally do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, and I will say too, with Weight Watchers, like there were times that no matter what I did, I was always hungry because they do promote that constantly eating, constantly snacking. And with what I know now, it just made it harder. So I think between having to give up the running, feeling like I was over restricting, it just like slowly crept back up. I got tired of paying for it. And I think that was the other thing is I really wanted to get to that 132 number because then if you're a lifetime member and they'll pay for it and I didn't want to keep paying for it. Yeah. So <laughs> well, that makes sense too, you know, cause they want you to be there. They want you to be a success and a lifetime, right? Yeah, exactly. So from about 2013, then some, sometime in the winter of 2013 is when I gave up Weight Watchers and I stopped paying for it. So from 2013 to 2017, my weight fluctuated. I really kind of hovered in between 160 and like 170, 175. And during that time, I would go on kicks where I would really pick back up on exercising or I would go to spin classes. I'd go to body pump classes. I did calorie counting. I did diet bets. I know I've heard that talked about, talked about on the Yeah, I never did those, but I'm surprised I didn't. They're very much that, like the way you've talked about your um, biggest loser competition, it's just how you can do the same thing with that. Exactly. I could absolutely game a system like that. I mean, I couldn't now. I don't don't want to, but at the time I totally could have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I never was interested in, I did trim line once. I actually didn't even do the whole thing. It's something you had to pay for. One of my coworkers had told me about it, but you had to do these like three day cleanses where you would eat every two to three hours. You had to eat every two to three hours. You could had to eat a full orange or like two oranges every day. And you could only eat, basically it was like eggs, basically protein. It was low carb. It was low carb, high protein. Plus oranges. Yes. And oranges, which are <laughs> That's not so funny. <laughs> no, I've never heard of that. I'm like, what? Something I've never heard of? <laughs> And then they would like give you a program that you would like follow after that. And I would do the three days and I would lose a bunch of weight in three days. And then I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. I can't. Did you also have supplements that they wanted you to take? I don't think. I'm like, how did they make their money? They must have. They must have. Or, or I know it was kind of like Weight Watchers where I think you went to meetings and you had a person that you like was your coach and that you worked with. But my friend just gave me the papers that they had. Well, that just gave used. me a flashback to the, the HCG diet days, like that crazy HCG diet. When you were in maintenance, you were supposed to like weigh every day. And if your weight was up, I can't remember two pounds. I can't remember what it was. You had to have a steak day. And maybe you could have an apple. I can't remember, but it sounds a lot like that. You like ate steak all day or something and had an apple. And probably, obviously, water weight would fall mm-hmm. right oh. off mm-hmm. or something. But yeah. 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 So funny. So Tremlon, three-day cleanses, no thank you. No. No, and the whole, I struggle with sticking to stuff like that because I get lazy. I'm like, I just don't want to track my calories. I don't want to have to give up, you know, even then we didn't have kids. We still went out to eat a lot on the week. That is one thing Weight Watchers really helped with was making our meals at home, packing my lunches, making my breakfasts. But we still went out to eat a lot on the weekends, and it's hard to go out to eat and eat within a restricted diet, and I didn't want to do it, so. Me neither. That's exactly true. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to order anything on the yes. menu that sounds good. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so I gained, and I would come down, and then I would gain, and I'd come down again, and it got to December of 2017, and I got pregnant with my first son. 
And so I, at that point, was about 100, like somewhere in that 170, 175 range. And I, of course, you know, the doctors, I will say, weren't overly pushy about it. They weren't, you know, oh, you're obese, you need to be careful. But it was something I was mindful about. I didn't, I wanted to have a healthy pregnancy. And so I gained about 20 pounds or so. I, I was right around 190, and it was the highest number I'd ever seen on the scale at the time. And I had a pretty healthy pregnancy, I will say. I was able to still, I didn't run at the time because I had a lot of knee pain from the excess weight I was carrying, but I, I still worked out. And actually, it's how I found somebody that I use now still on YouTube. Her name's Body Fit by Amy. She's amazing. And she did a lot of prenatal and postnatal workouts at home. So I still worked out and just tried to eat my best. But again, my weight just crept up. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah, at 20 pounds, I think, for pregnancy is pretty good. I mean, that seems like a really low amount of weight to gain. Yeah, I think they had told me to aim for like 10 to 20 pounds is what they told me to aim for, given that I, I was... 40 with my first. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I started at 123, so I got up to 163. So I was actually, I had just dieted my way down. I was on a diet right before I got pregnant. I remember I was I told my, our assistant principal, I was like, I'm pregnant. He's like, oh, that's a shame. You just lost all the weight just to gain it back. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he was a friend of mine, so he can say, say that to me. But yeah. yeah. Well, I get it, though, because that's what happened. We'll get there. I don't want to jump ahead. So I got pregnant, and my son was born in September of 2018. And part of why, and I, this was part of what was made my future journey of weight loss important to me was I had to have a C-section. I had a failed induction 
because when I went in, he, now I might have still ended up with a C-section, I don't know, but he was late at this point and my blood pressure was high. It was, it wasn't astronomical when I went in, but then from sitting there and they were monitoring me, it like skyrocketed and they were afraid of preeclampsia. So they, they actually sent me that day to possibly be induced, but my blood pressure came down. And then a couple of days later, they ended up sending me in for induction and I ultimately had a failed induction after like 36 hours. It was a long time. It was not sounds fun. Like a, no, it doesn't sound fun at all. No, it was terrible. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, not recommended. <laughs> I did not have beautiful childbirth stories either where no. it was like magical and the baby just popped right out. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I, know, I know some people that do. I had a friend that had her baby in uh, the, her bathroom. That's how oh, fast her Lord. baby came. Yeah. Oh. So... <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Now, now that also sounds very scary. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, there's a baby. What do I do now? <laughs> yes. Oh, it was. Yeah. Now, I have a bony pelvis, apparently. And I was, before modern medicine, I would have been one of those women. My baby's never, like, crowned. Mm-hmm. They had to, like, go up in there with, like, <laughs> vacuum extractors and forceps and things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they did it. So. Yeah. Well, my hips just aren't very wide. They never really widened. And that's kind of what they told me after the first one. And then with my second pregnancy, I was like, well, I'll, I was not going to be induced again. That was not going to happen. So I ended up having a scheduled C-section. I tried to see if I'd go into labor naturally, but I never did. So no. I also go into labor really early. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Cal was five weeks early. Will was two weeks early. And they still, like I said, they never crowned any of that. Man, that's <laughs> I would weird. probably still be pushing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I do things faster than most people, except for getting the babies out. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after, after your first, how long between your first and your second pregnancy? They are three years and four months apart. So... I lost the baby weight pretty much immediately. So I was hovering around that like 170 mark that just my body just seemed to like to be at. But I wasn't happy at because it was obese. Uh, You know, I didn't like how I looked. I didn't like how I felt. I know I wasn't at a healthy weight. And I'm, you know, I'm young. I'm only, I'm 35 right now. So at the time I was 30. And so I knew that if I didn't do something about it, I just was concerned of what's going to happen in the future to my, you know, my cholesterol, my, all my numbers. So, you know, my weight slowly, again, though, you know, nursing takes a lot of calories. You can eat a lot of food when you're nursing and you can eat a lot of food when you're pregnant, but then your body forgets that you no longer are feeding this baby as the baby starts to wean. And, you know, my weight just starts to slowly creep up again. And so I did all the same things. I was trying to count calories. I was trying to pick up exercising, but at that point it was hard. You know, I gave up my gym membership because my husband works weird hours. And so sometimes he's on night shift. He works early in the morning. I can't go to the gym usually. So I tried all of that, but with a baby too that woke up in the middle of the night, he was not a good sleeper. Like it, it was hard. And at that point I also tried Oh, the beach body with the the containers, the 20. I avoided that one somehow, but I saw people doing it. I was like, yeah, I don't want to carry all that around. I already knew. It was really, yeah, that one was even harder because you're like, I don't, this is my carb box and this is my protein box, but my carbs and my protein are mixed together. So what do I put you in? And I don't, yeah. By that point of my life, but I mean, I was still, that was, that came out while I was still overweight, but I was just like, no, that's too hard. I already know it is. Because you mentioned being lazy, 
me, also very lazy. That is why I like intermittent fasting. Yes. You just don't do something. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So my weight slowly crept back up and I got to December of 2019 and I hit 197. And I remember, I remember at this point too, because it was one of those things I would see myself in pictures. I'm like, I'm not overweight. I look fine. And when I got there, I didn't take a lot of pictures because I think it was in, you know, in my brain that, oh, I think I do not like how I look, but I'm not going to admit it. I remember seeing pictures of myself at my sister-in-law's baby shower. And I was like, ooh, I don't, I don't like this. And when I saw that number on the scale, I was like, okay, something's got to change. So beginning of 2020 hits and my husband and I actually decide we're going to buy a treadmill. And so at this point, my son was about 15 months old. He was finally sleeping through the night. He was done with all of the teething. So I could really feel like I could start, you know, going back to exercising and, and doing, you know, counting calories. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make this work again. And I think I even, I did Weight Watchers one more time while I was nursing and they even give you extra points in there, but it wasn't enough. I was just, you know, so I I was like, no, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm going to try to do this without paying for anything. And so we got our treadmill in 2020 and I was slow. I was actually starting to lose at this point and I'd lost probably five to 10 pounds. And then guess what happens? March COVID. No, no. COVID. Okay. March of 2020. Second baby. Okay. Yep. March of 2020. Yeah. COVID. Oh yeah. Yes. That was a crazy time. People, someone recently said to me, I was just listening to the episodes you recorded in early 2020 and you're like, this will be over soon. (laughs) I was like, what did we know? Yes. I know. I do. (laughs) I I started listening to you and a little bit after this, because this is close to where my fasting story starts. And yeah, I... I remember hearing you and I was like, well, that's not how that went. (laughs) We'll be able to go on the cruise by June. Yeah, Yeah, no. (laughs) We were so naive. Yeah, Um, we were. Looking back, though, it was, and I will say, you know, I was lucky that we didn't get COVID until pretty late. We were in 2021 before my husband and I got COVID. Neither of my parents have gotten COVID. I don't think my mother or father-in-law got it. You know, I did have some people struggle with it in my family, but we were fairly away from it. But at the time I had to start working from home. I was not at my current job. I was at, I was a procurement director at the time and I had people that I managed across the U.S. And also we weren't set up for working from home. I'm trying to manage people now that have never worked from home. I'm trying to learn how to work from home. We were always an in-office company. And you had a toddler. So were daycares closed? So our daycare closed. Yes, they were closed until the beginning of May. And when they reopened, because at first they tried to stay open because if you were a in an industry that was emergency. Essential? Yeah, essential. Yes. Essential, if you were yeah, essential yeah. business, you could stay open. And both my husband and I were in essential businesses. So the daycare technically could have taken them, but... We didn't feel comfortable with it at first, and they were closer to my office, so it was kind of a pain to drive up to drop him off. So it was in, I think, June of 2020 that I, he started going back to work, or sorry, going back to daycare two days a week, and then he was eventually back in full-time daycare in, like, fall of 2020. Okay, because I can't imagine trying to work from home and have a toddler, because look, my little babies did not let you do things except, like, whatever they were doing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was a lot of trying to juggle calls while he, he watched a lot of Frozen. Frozen was on our TV like all the time. 
It was nice because we tried to do a lot of walks and we would go to the park when we could. And my boss was very, very understanding at the time. She was amazing. She had three little boys. So she was, you know, understanding of, no, you need to keep your family safe. And so it was fine, but it was hard. And you go from being, you know, you're trapped in your home. So the snacks are always there. And it was, oh, just stay home for two weeks. Let's just have some treats and we'll go get some beer. We went to some breweries. Like we just were eating again. And then the weight slowly, I started gaining that little bit that I lost. And I was like, no. So I got online and I Googled how to lose weight women 30s. And I found an article that talked about intermittent fasting, but it was not clean fasting. I forget who, Healthline maybe? It might have been a Healthline article. So it said if you had 50 calories, it was okay. And I was like, oh, I can eat jelly beans all day. (laughs) Now knowing what I know, I'm like, why did I think this was okay? No, but yeah. Yeah. I would like to know the origin story of that because that 50 calorie thing is so widely repeated. I would just like to know who said that and why. And everybody's like, okay, that must be true. (laughs) Yeah. It makes no sense in hindsight. And so what I was doing was to try to make it to my quote eating window. I was having apple cider vinegar in water because it's zero calories and it's good for your gut. I can have that while I'm fast, while I'm quote fasting. And I would occasionally have, I'm a, at the time I was a coffee drinker with creamer. And I was like, oh, I can still have my coffee with my cream and my sugar. And oh, cool, I can do this. This is great. And so I did. I, I did it, but it was hard. And I would. So hard. Yes, yeah, so hard. And can I just say, I wish apple cider vinegar was part of a clean fast because I can, rem- I, I actually love it. I love apple cider vinegar in hot water. It's like a soothing little cider kind of treat. I like the taste of vinegar. I don't know if that's weird, but I remember trying it early on after I was clean fasting. And I'm like, well, is vinegar okay or is it not? No. <laughs> Starving. But I wish it was okay. But. Yeah. Yes, and I can attest to that. Like, I can attest to the power of the clean fast. Because it was, I would try for 16 hours, but I was usually, you know, white knuckling to get there. But I started losing some weight. And so, you know, back in the days where you weren't allowed to see people, our neighbors, this is how I got to know our neighbors fairly well. The neighbors right next to us have a little girl who's around my older son's age. And then the house on the other side has two kids that are a little bit older. And so we would sit outside and the kids would play and we would, you know, cause we could social distance at this point. And we would have fires after the kids would go to bed around their fire pit. And my neighbor had said, oh, you, you know, you look like you're losing weight. What are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm kind of doing this intermittent fasting thing. Like here and there, because I wasn't doing it on the weekends either, because I was like, well, I can't give up my breakfast on the weekends. And she said, well, have you ever heard of Delay Don't Deny and Jen Stevens? And I was like, no, I have not heard about this. And she was like, you need to read her book and you need to start the clean fast. And I was like, okay, I will do that. So the first thing I did was I read your book. And this was at the beginning of June of 2020. So, so the new one piece, wasn't out yet. Yeah, yeah. Fast Repeat wasn't out, but I ordered it as soon as it did come out. And I took it on vacation with me then. But at this point, I had already started fasting. So my first clean fast was June 3rd of 2020. And I dove right into 18 and a half hours. And as soon as I started clean fasting, it was it was a game changer. Like, I love hearing that. I, I do because 
people will be like, no, you don't have to fast clean. You can have this. You can have that. And there's so much information out there that, that contradicts the clean fast. And, you know, so many people saying you don't have to. But like I wrote in Fast Feast Repeat, take the clean fast challenge. Give yourself a month of the clean fast. I've never had anybody say, well, I tried it for a month and I went back to the old way and it was just fine. I've never had anybody say that to yeah, me. Yeah, no. I feel like I would have. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no. You, they should not do that. So, I mean, take the challenge. Do it because it's amazing and it will change it, change your journey if you were Well, say hey to your neighbor for me. Okay. Thank you. I will. So at this point then, the hardest part I would say was, so because I was working from home, coffee felt to me like a work habit. So I wasn't even having coffee all the time when I was working from home at the beginning of COVID. And July was when I started going back to the office more regularly while my son was in daycare. And I I don't know, it felt like a habit. I needed to have my coffee. And I was like, oh, black coffee. I can't do that. And I was like, no. Because at first I tried to just keep it in my eating window. And, but then by, you know, I don't like having caffeine too late. I don't metabolize caffeine well. So I ended up, I was like, no, I'm just going to bite the bullet. I started listening to the podcast at this point and other, I was like, other people said they can do it. I'm sure I can do this. And I did, I did. And I love it now. And even when I was pregnant again and I couldn't fast, I still drank my black coffee. I love Yeah, it's just, you get used to it and then you really don't want to go back. And people all the time, they're like, I thought people were making that up. And all of a sudden now it's true for me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I pretty much dove right into 18 to 20 hour fasts. And again, you know, I mentioned I brought that treadmill and COVID, you couldn't do anything. And I was working in the office at the time, but most people were working from home. My son's daycare was about five minutes away from the office. So it didn't make sense to drop him off to come home. So I didn't really have much to do over my lunch breaks, and it's important to me to still take a lunch break. And what cause what I used to do is I would walk with my coworkers over lunch. So I started working out actually in my office. I brought my kettlebells to work, and I would work out in the office. So I was getting like two workouts in a day, and I lost pretty quickly. I was losing about a pound to two pounds a week at the time, and... So fast forward up to about January of 2021, I brought come down to about 135 pounds at that wow. point. Wow, awesome. Yes. So I lost about like 10, 15 pre-fasting. And then once I started clean fasting, the rest of it was all with the clean fast. And at that point, we were trying for our second child at this point. And so, and I, I did, I still fasted. I would kind of curb, I, I could feel my body wanting more calories and at that time, I was probably closer to like an 18-hour fast just because I was still working out a lot. So while I, you were trying to conceive, you yes. continued to fast. Yes. 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 While I was trying to conceive, I fasted. Right. And I got pregnant in April of 2021 with my second son. And immediately, I stopped fasting. And I have to say, though, that was hard. It was really hard at first. I can imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I... and. During my entire pregnancy, I always did my best to listen to my body. There were times that, yes, I probably did a 16-hour fast. Well, you listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I think that's that's also important. Like we talked about, you know, teenagers and kids and not forcing them to eat. You, mm-hmm. you listen to your body. You're not intentionally fasting. You're also not mm-hmm. shoving food in your mouth if you feel sick, mm-hmm. right, if, yeah. if food makes you sick. Mm-hmm. You just do what you can and listen to your body. Yep. 
And when I got to my second trimester too, at that point, then it was easy. I was constantly hungry. I couldn't get enough food in my body. And so I was eating all the food. And then you get back to your third trimester where you're out of space. And so eating's uncomfortable. So back to then again, it was kind of, because I've never, like I said earlier, I've never been a breakfast eater. So it was hard to want to eat breakfast and I wasn't going to force myself. And, you know, I was busy at work and I'd be on calls in the morning and I would forget about it sometimes. But, you know, I still tried to, I did my best to eat well. I was still exercising. And because I started at a lower weight at that point, I did gain more weight with my second pregnancy. I got up to about, uh, I gained about 40, 35 pounds. So I was right around that 170, 175 mark again. So my second son was born December 27th, 2021. He was supposed to be a Christmas baby. He was due on Christmas Eve, but because of... Yeah, we scheduled the C-section for after my due date, just in case I did go into labor naturally, but that didn't happen. So, and I will say that weight loss did really set me up. I had, I had a better pregnancy in that, like I didn't have any of the blood pressure issues that time. I did get sick a lot though, but I think that was partially because it was one of the non-scale victories I had, you know, while I was fasting, I never got sick, you know? It was COVID. Now, part of it was COVID and we were masking and we weren't around people a ton. But we still, you know, once they released our restrictions around here, we did. We went out. You know, we had one little boy at the time. He had birthday parties. He had friends. We tried to keep that interaction up. So we still saw people. And I was—I never got sick. Yeah. So, I really, really do think that fasting is protective of, of our health in so many ways. Like I, other than getting COVID, which I did get, <laughs> other than COVID, I haven't been sick in so long. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, like I haven't been to the doctor for an illness since 2015, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. During my pregnancy, I was sick. I felt like I was sick constantly, especially when I hit my third trimester. And I think it was that combination of the reduced immunity from the masking plus the reduced immunity from being pregnant. You know, just your body is doing things. So... But over, I mean, it was fine. The worst time I coughed so hard, I bruised the cartilage in my rib and you can't take anything when you're pregnant either. So that was a little bit rough, but it was okay. It was fine. So at that point, you know, I had my second baby in December of 2021 and, you know, I did not fast at all while I was nursing. I still, I did not nurse him as long as I nursed my first son. My first son I nursed until he was about 13 months and my second son, he was harder he bit. He was a biter. Not fun. No, it is not. And, uh, you know, shout out to all the moms out there because, you know, I didn't have a good breastfeeding journey. My first child, he was five weeks early, couldn't latch on. I had to bottle feed him. And he immediately stopped crying and ate, take the bo- took the bottle. And I felt so relieved. But the second one, I had already bottle fed the first one. So he was also a biter. Mm. And it well, didn't feel good at all. And I'm like, I don't like this. And, I, and then you feel like a failure for not liking it. Because you're supposed to like it. Darn it. It's supposed to be beautiful and magical. And I'm like, I don't like it. It's not beautiful. And it's not magical. Mm-hmm. And so... I didn't do it. I, I probably two weeks is how long I lasted. So, but then you feel ashamed about it because anyway, you know the pressure we put on ourselves. It is, and I feel like we do. We put way, way too much pressure on yourself, and you you feel like it's this natural thing your your body is supposed to be able to do. And my first son had a lip tie and a tongue tie. My second son only had one of them, but at least I knew what to look for at that point. 
The first one, it didn't get fixed until he was about six weeks old, and he was so colicky. He spit up all the time because he was gassy, and it was hard. And I remember, like, crying one night to my husband. I was like, I can't do this. And he was like, don't give up in a hard moment. If you want to give up, that's okay, but don't do it right now. And he was very, very supportive. That was, he was really like, good advice. Yeah. He was like, sleep on it. And I, I'm glad I pushed through, but also... Like, if you don't, if you can't, if you don't want to, like, I just feel like we, so if it was hard, you know, don't put that pressure on yourself. To- well, like, I'm already sitting here, like, you know, this child that I'm talking about is 23 years old now, and I'm like, I really should have tried harder. Like, I'm, like, mad at myself. I should have tried some more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, so he, I ended up, I nursed him until he was about 10 months, and part of Part of it was I was already just tapping out. It's harder to nurse when you also have the toddler running around. I was a a full-time working mom. I was actually at this point getting ready to switch jobs. Um, That's when I accepted my new position where I'm at now. And I was like, pumping was hard. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop. And I weaned him. So during that whole time, again, I'd lost the baby weight quickly. But it was, you know, it, it wasn't as bad as it was last time. I was actually able to maintain pretty well within like a five, six pound radius. Again, 170 to 175. I think the peak I got up to was about 178-ish, something like that. So in October of 2022, I started fasting again. So since then, I, you know, haven't looked back. I've been fasting regularly. And I will say it's been, my weight loss this time has been slower. I've been averaging like about a little under a pound a week is what that's, I'm losing. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about our bodies after that second pregnancy. It's like they're, all right, we're keeping all this now. It, my body bounced back after pregnancy number one, like amazingly. Remember I started at 123 and got up to 163 and I was already back in my jeans, mm-hmm. like not very long after that. But for the second one? No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My body was like, nope, not doing it. So, yeah. So, but still, if you're losing just under a pound a week, that's a pretty good rate of loss. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with it. You know, I, so right now I'm, I'm sitting around like 150, between 150 and 155. We were on vacation last week. And so I, I still fasted the whole time we were on vacation, but I definitely had longer windows. You know, we would have, we play games at night after the kids go to bed. So we'll drink some beer. There's always more snacks around. And so I think the shortest fast I might've done that week was like a 12 hour fast. You know, most days was anywhere between like 14 to, there were a couple 20, like a, I think there's at least one 20 hour fast in there. That sounds like how I vacation too. Yeah. I don't want to eat like that all the time, but when I'm on vacation, I want to enjoy it. And it reminds me why I want to fast. It reminds me why I feel so good and why I love it so much. And like we, you know, there was a day we, you know, we opened really early. We went to breakfast and I never do that. And then we also did that as like our date night. We went out to dinner that night. So I ate, I had a full day of eating. I don't do that very often, but it was and great. I bet you were so full. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I, yes. That's what I've noticed mm-hmm. those days. And I came back and, you know, immediately though, went right back to my normal fasting. And I, you know, I haven't lost every pound I gained last week, but I've definitely lost the water retention that you put on when you eat extra like that. And so it feels better. So what does your day-to-day schedule look like? What's your rhythm? What works real well for you? So honestly, it's all over the place. And I love your, I feel like I've heard this a lot in some of your recent podcasts, your uppish downish. 
method of that, you know, and, you know, some weeks, it just really depends on my schedule. You know, I work uh, with what I do. I meet with suppliers a lot. We'll have team meetings. So there are times where I like to go out to lunch. And for me, you know, my normal fasting day, I'm opening sometime around two, three, four o'clock with like a small snack. And then I get the kids from daycare and I get them home. We eat dinner around 536 o'clock. I might have like a small dessert or something like that. And then I close my window. So it tends to be, I track actually by fasting hour, not by my eating window, because I found when I tracked by my eating window, I would say, oh, it's five hours. I can shove five, two meals into this five hours. I'm going to eat all the food I can. (laughs) So it's so funny how each of us, like there's no one best way for me. Tracking the eating window made more sense to me. But for some people, it's the fast. And so you've got to experiment and figure out which one works for you, which parameters keep you from like doing crazy things. <laughs> like somebody who's like, oh, I can eat for five hours. I'm going to keep on eating. Maybe tracking the eating window is not what works best for you. It's all the the games we play in our heads, right? Yes, exactly. So that's like a normal day. But then sometimes if I'm going out to eat with like a coworker or a friend or a supplier, I'll end up eating a big lunch. And so actually that's what I'm doing today. Yesterday I had a lunch. And and for me, I just can't give up that dinner unless I have a very, very big lunch or if it's maybe like a two o'clock time and it's really big. I still like to eat that dinner. I like to have that time with the kids and my husband if he's not working. And so I had a It was an 18-hour fast, but it was probably like a six- or seven-hour eating window yesterday. But now today, I still have an open jet. It's 4.20 here. I don't even know. Probably around like 22-ish hours. And I probably won't open until dinner, and I'll just eat dinner and then close for the night. Yeah, that's very much like me. It's, you know, if I open early, it's I still like to eat dinner, too. It's also because if I don't, I, I've tried a few times over the years to be like, well, I had a big lunch. I just won't eat again. But then like 8.30 rolls around mm-hmm. and I'm legit hungry, yes. like legitimately. And so I'm really good at delaying. I'm not as good at closing. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm hungry, yeah. I'm going to eat because, you know, my body hadn't flipped that metabolic switch. I'm really, really hungry. So anyway, it's all about knowing yourself and yes. what you can do. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
Yeah, and so my husband actually started fasting, and for him with his crazy hours, there's times where he'll have to eat within a one-hour window, and he can eat a lot in that one-hour window. But then when he's on night shift, like, he'll eat first, and then he's basically has his window. He closes after that, like, one-ish hour. He doesn't do it every day. He, You know, he doesn't want to make sure to, you know, over the weekends then when he's, yeah, when he's home, he can eat a little bit more in case, you know, he wasn't over restricting, but then he can, you know, not eat that whole shift while he's at work. I'm like, I can't do that. So it's basically like opposite where he's eating like a breakfast window, but it's at our dinner time. So that's, yeah, it's all about figuring out what feels good to you. That's really, really how it goes. So I love that you both do it. Yes. Yeah, he, what's funny, while I was nursing, it was when I was nursing, so I couldn't fast at the time, but he was in the same boat. He struggled with his weight, like, his entire adult life, and he had given me a hard time when I started fasting at first, and he's like, oh, you're starving yourself, and I'm like, no, I'm not. Read the book, like, what? listen, you know, see what I'm eating on a regular basis. Also, I am a 35, well, 30-something-year-old female that's much shorter than him. You are, you know, he's he's in his 30s, he's tall, he's a male. Like, you probably are going to need more nutrition for your body than what I need. So, so like, me eating is what you eat is not going to work. Like, you know, we have to listen to, our, you know, that study of one. You know, listen to what works for you. And, and so, and he would just make side comments. And I was like, whatever, it's fine. Well, and then he, he was like, I need to ask you something, but I don't want you to give me a hard time. He was like, can you tell me about fasting? And I was like, yes, yes. Read the book <laughs> here. It. Here, read Jen's book. So he read I my copy of Fast Feast Repeat then. So Well, that's great. So he does it and, and y'all will just never go back. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. I so, love that. So now, you know, the boys are, how old are they now? My oldest is almost five. He'll be five in September. And my youngest is 18 months. Oh, so. There's a lot going on at your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's, and I, it's part of what makes fasting great is I just don't have to worry about, okay, we're on the go. We're going to a birthday party that's only going to have pizza at it. And maybe I'm going to eat that pizza at that birthday party that day. But if I don't want to because I'm not hungry or it's not going to satisfy me, I don't have to eat it. If it's like really good pizza, I would eat it. If it's Little Caesars, no thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to eat good pizza anytime. Yeah. Sorry, Little Caesars, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Once in a while, not Little Caesars. Every once in a while, though, I love my Pizza Hut pizza. Like, there's some I I regret it immediately after I eat it because it makes my stomach not feel well. I think it would make me sick now. But I remember some of my my memories when I was a little girl with my grandmother. She loved Pizza Hut, and it was when the pan pizzas came out, the personal pan, personal pan pizzas. So she would go get her hair done like twice a week, right? This is back in the day, the 80s, I guess. Well, late 70s, early 80s, whenever the personal pan pizzas came out. We would go to Pizza Hut after she got her hair done. We would each get a personal pan pizza and the salad bar. Those, those were the days. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I have great memories of those. They sure were delicious. Like, I can taste it now, but I do think that whatever they, they oil that pan with would make me feel queasy now. Yeah. It does. The few times I do have it, it does not make me feel good. So every yeah. once in a while, I'll do it, and then I usually regret immediately That was doing my favorite it. pizza for all those years until mm-hmm. now. I, I mean, I can't even think of the last time I've had one mm-hmm. of those. But I like really good pizza. There's a place down the street from us called Pizza Hyena, and it's really good. Mm-hmm. We actually made, when we were on vacation last week, 
we went to two different creameries and got like, you know, fresh locally made cheeses. And so we brought some home. We bought way too much cheese home. And because that's usually my downfall. I, I do eat a lot of cheese. I love cheese. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love a good cheese. I love all the cheeses. The only cheese I don't like is Swiss cheese, but anything else. What? I know. I know. But I, I don't know. It's something about it. I don't really like it. I'm more of a, like, I like goat. I like brie, cheddars, like really sharp cheddars, blue cheese. I don't, I don't know. I don't like Swiss. I can't. You would like this pizza. The Pizza Hyena, it's like a dessert pizza, and it has apples and brie. That sounds, yes, I would love that. It is that. so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and that's what we did at home. We actually made our own great pizza with this goat cheese, and we put prosciutto and arugula and tomato sauce and then put like we have like a hot honey that we'll put on top of it after it's that done so good oh yeah. man i would totally eat that so. mm-hmm. <laughs> it was delicious so tell me some of your non-scale victories so i have a whole list of them written down i would have to say though the most important one and the the best one i've had is my relationship with food i always had this like guilt around food and eating and Am I not doing, oh, I ate, you know, I didn't want to stick to the calorie counting, but then I would go over and I'd have way more calories that day. I'm like, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. And I'm going to see it on the scale tomorrow. And I can do those things. Like, yeah, there's days that I probably overeat now and I will see it on the scale tomorrow. But I also know too, like one of the things I love that I actually started doing this before I read it in your book was the averaging of the weight. We got a Fitbit scale and it automatically does it for me. It sends it right to the app and it averages it. So just from everything I've heard when I listen to your podcast and I listened to the intermittent fasting podcast as well for a really long time and and reading the books and learning what about myself is I don't have to have that stress and just not having that stress anymore. Like being able to just listen to my body and, you know, know that I got, I had gotten to a point when I was at my highest weight that I was like, well, I actually just bought a, a, gone out and bought a whole bunch of clothes. I was like, just, it is what it is. This is just the weight I'm going to live at. And when I was losing the first time, I remember my goal being right where I'm at now, like 150. And I was like, well, I could just get there. Like I'm still overweight by BMI, but like, if I could just get there, like it'll be better than being where I was. And, you know, I don't have that worry anymore. And there are times I debate just stop it, like not weighing anymore. Every once in a while, I do find myself I'll get a little of that diet brain with it. But I'm also a numbers person. So right now I like having it. I like being able to track it, like be able to see my progress and know like, okay, I was up a little bit. This is probably why maybe this is something that I shouldn't have eaten. It's not great for my body. This is going to make me you know, I, I was up today because I had two meals yesterday. Like, but I knew that that was going to happen. So yeah, well, I mean, you know, weight of food, weight of fluid that your body holds on to to digest the food, all of that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't want it to seem like I don't struggle because I do. There's a lot of sweets. Sweets are definitely still my downfall. I would love to not eat sweets as much. I would love to eat more whole foods in my life. Like, I still, it's it's hard with the little kids. You know, wanting to find something that's easy, something that my husband can eat if he has to go to work that night. He's not a big vegetable eater, so, you know, I always have to cook vegetables on the side if I want them. So I definitely think there's some things I would like to change in what I'm eating, but I also don't want to make it feel diety. I don't want to be like, oh, I have to cut this thing out. Exactly. Let it happen naturally as it happens, right? If it happens when it happens and as the kids get older and then start to be a little more adventurous with what they'll try, 
that sort of thing. It'll happen. I can't believe how I eat now and how I want to eat. But it, it's been a process. Yeah. And, and I mean, even over time, my tastes have changed. Like now, you know, I gave up the black coffee or I switched to the black coffee. Every once in a while, I'll go to Starbucks. But even when I go to Starbucks now, I used to be a once a week, I would get my latte with my sh- all like the milk and the sugar sweeteners in it. And now if I go, which I very rarely go anymore, it's too sweet. I have to get maybe one pump of whatever the sweetener is. And I'm still like, oh, this doesn't taste very good. So why did I just spend so much money on it? Over time, I, I gave up, not gave up soda. Let me rephrase. I don't drink as much soda as I used to. I've given up diet sodas because that was something also. I was like, well, clearly there's no benefit to diet soda. Soda in general in general is not great, but I do have a soda every once in a while, like especially if we go out to eat, if I'm having like a burger or something like that. Soda feels, I don't know. I love a that. Coke. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I love the cola taste. And of course I would prefer it be like a Mexican Coke made with real sugar instead of corn syrup. But am I going to say I'll never have another Coke in my life? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I do have like these couple of Pepsis. I don't know why I have them. Like, I think I moved them from one condo to another condo to the beach cottage. These Pepsis have been, they're in the bottom drawer of my fridge and they, they're they like Pepsi with sugar. Really. I don't know. I, maybe I thought I was going to have a hangover. It's like, I, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> but they're sitting there and I look at them and I'm like, who's going to drink these Pepsis? Not me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah. And especially too, at the beginning, I struggled with that wanting to eat breakfast still sometimes. Like it was still like ingrained in my brain, like, oh, I want to go to Sheets or I want to go to McDonald's. Cause that was one of the, my downsides, you know, when I, when I wasn't fasting, like I would go get those breakfasts. And now every once in a while, I will crave a McDonald's steak, egg and cheese biscuit. And they are delicious. And I, every once in a while, will open my window to eat one of them probably and again where I've gotten better over the years now between fasting and then not again because I couldn't and then fasting again is really learning to listen to that is this going to make me feel good and keeping with that good decision of oh yeah I know it's not going to make me feel good so I'm going to not do this so not that I don't I still I still make that bad decision sometimes you know, it's taken me from 2019 till right now to finally get to where I am with alcohol. Like, I might be done with it forever. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll have a sip of wine somewhere at some point. But I've finally gotten to the point where I, I don't want to feel that way anymore. I don't sleep well. I don't feel good. So I'm like, why do I keep doing this? Yeah. And that's, <laughs> so, you know, I, I sleep so much better now. I have so much more energy now. And I do notice that when I do drink, you know, I don't tend to... In the summer, it's a little bit harder, especially if we're doing, you know, fires or something with the neighbor. I will, you know, keep my window open a little bit later and have a beer or something. But if I have more than, like, two beers, I just start getting, like, my heart will race overnight. Mine, too. (sighs) Yep. Yeah. Two glasses of wine. I I wake up in the middle of the night with my heart pounding. It doesn't feel good. So, again, you know I don't do well with telling myself, can't, never again, Mm -hmm. not allowed to. So, With alcohol, same thing. I don't want to say I will never have another sip of alcohol again. But right this minute, all of a sudden, I don't want to. This is like the first time that's ever happened. And before when I like took a break from from drinking, you know, a month or two, whatever, I still like wanted to have it in the back of my mind. But all of a sudden, I don't. So I'm like just living this with curiosity to see what happens. Again, I don't want to say never again. I can't. I won't. But I don't want to. So. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. That's where the power is. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) 
Agreed. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So I would say tweak it till it's easy. That is how I have, you know, lived my entire fasting journey when I've fasted and when I haven't, you know, it's never been, okay, I'm only going to do a 20 hour fast and a four hour eating window. I've learned over time over the past, you know, three years to really listen to my body and see what it needs that day. I think now I'm trying, I don't want to over restrict in any fashion. And I think that's part of why it's taken a little bit longer too to lose the weight this time is that, I don't want to do something like with the exercise that's unattainable. So I, I exercise and I am back to exercising. I'm running. My son's older. He sleeps through the night. He every once in a while has some teething issues, but I'm not running 10 miles anymore, but I'm running, you know, maybe two, three miles at a time. I'm trying to weight lift because I want to do it to stay healthy. I'm not doing it back in the days where I did it to lose weight. And so there are days that I need to eat more because maybe I did run. And sometimes I will come back from, I also try to walk at my lunch break now that I I work from home now primarily. So if I'm not out with a supplier or a friend or something, I, I go for a lunch walk. Because again, I don't feel like, oh, I have to do a spin cycle class that I'll burn all these calories. Like I can do something I enjoy now. But sometimes I'll come back and like, I'm really hungry. I'm going to go make eggs. Eggs seems to be the thing I crave. I always like to make sure I have enough protein. But just listen to you and do what's right for you. It doesn't matter, you know, if somebody else is losing weight on this fasting window and do what works for you and be okay with changing it. Yeah, I I think that's so important. You are your own study of one. Yes, 100%. And a quick shout out also for the Me360 app that I heard recently on one of your podcasts. I'm sad I didn't know about it when I, even the first time around when I was fasting. So I just started it like two months ago, but it's really neat how it like takes your measurements with your phone. And I still do like the hand measurements too, just to compare, but it's a really helpful way to get measurements, especially if you aren't good at doing them yourself. And it like makes a picture of your body. Mm -hmm. So you can then can compare how your body, I haven't used it, but I've seen people in the community using it and it is really cool. Mm -hmm. So that's one to try. Definitely. It's just, you know, we, we can't just only use the scale to see how our progress is going. We need to use the progress photos, the measurements, apps like the Me360. Those are all great tools so that you can see if something's changing. And I talked about this in the scale schmail chapter of Fast Feast Repeat. If something is changing, it's working. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thank you so much for telling your story today, Jane. Thank you. It was great to be here. I, I was so excited to be here today. So thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th.